What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Middle cough! Hey, behave! Let the music go this time, John, because it's such a big week, such a big day. Why? Because I'm playing in the PGA Championship this weekend? Yep. That's right. We all are. <laughs> we, we all are, baby. We all are. Everybody listening, you got a shot. Hopefully you get in or got in. But, uh, man, like right now I'm sit- we're sitting here on a Sunday. I've got the remote in my hand. I've got more options than I have, than I have TVs in front of me. This is incredible. Well, guy, th- there was a uh... – there's been a lot of sports going on. There, there really has. I mean, I've watched a decent amount of games this weekend. We got baseball, basketball, golf, PGA championships coming to the Bay Area. We're, we're alive, at least for the moment, given that UC Gardner Minshew, Corona list. Uh, he's oh, really? on. He, yeah, he he failed or whatever when he showed up. And, and baseball, I'm sure we'll get into. Feels like it's kind of in a little trouble, but hard to tell. Yoenis Cespedes just disappeared. But he actually didn't. He just said, "I'm out," but he didn't he, tell anybody. He got his three hundred thousand. He got three hundred thousand though for his ten games. Oh, that's so he. Do you think seriously that was the thing? Well, I mean, he got his he got the amount of money prorated for the games he played. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. gotcha. So maybe he just needed like a three hundred thousand dollar loan, <laughs> not a loan, you know, just money. Yeah, that's didn't see that one coming. Uh, but you know, we're 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 back and rolling. It feels like it doesn't it feel probably different for me and you than maybe even some fans. But I do think fans once training camp practices start, a lot of shit goes viral fast, right? Like catches, plays, some big stories. It's going to be a 
I think a different August than I I know that I think we're used to, guy, of just the the vibe of football. Now we're lucky because there's a lot of other shit going on, but I I just the urgency of the no preseason games, the like what's really going on in practice, and like every every team's Twitter account would be like, look at this play by no. It's like give me a break, you know. It'd be hard yeah. to tell what's really going on. Yeah. Although I will say this, I did for we've had now baseball for more than a week. We've had the NBA for, you know, half a week. Um, We've had sports. We've had golf for a while now. I did think just getting shots of guys showing up to training camp did feel like it took everything up a notch a little bit for me. Just seeing guys getting out of their car. Here's Gronk coming up, waving to people. Alden Smith in a cowboy uniform at photo day. I didn't see that. It looks pretty awesome. (laughs) He looks good. Well, it's just, you know, the all-white sleeves, oh, yeah. jersey. The pants are like that silver with a little blue hue. The helmet with the visor. They have a good look. They he's in like, a, in like an edge rusher stance, you know? It's just, yeah. God. People forget he's, you know, he's 6'6", six, six and his arms are fucking long. Yeah, he is. <laughs> he, is <laughs> he looks the part. They put him in the magazine, right? I'll be honest with you, guy, I completely forgot Alden Smith was back in the NFL. Completely forgot. But, and, and he's on the Cowboys? It's not like Cowboys, he's on the Jags. Yeah. That's pretty sweet. So... That, that did feel good. All right, this podcast brought to you in part, a lot to get to, by Ease. Ease.com, promo code HAM. Do that right now. Support the podcast. If you've already done it, we appreciate that, but share it with somebody who will love it. Ease.com, promo code HAM. Uh, get promo code HAM. Get you 20 bucks off your first delivery of $50 or more. Ease.com, promo code HAM. Guy, I've been telling everyone that will listen, number one cannabis, on-demand cannabis delivery, the Uber Eats of marijuana. The DoorDash marijuana, cannabis, THC, in the state of California, number one by far. It kicks everyone's butt. Uh, you got to be 21 or over. From Northern California, the Bay Area, Sacramento, down Inland through the Empire. Valley. Inland Empire, down through Los Angeles. Chula Vista. South Bay, East Bay, whatever they call it down there, through San Diego. They are everywhere. If you've already used the promo code, tell your friends. $20 off your first delivery with the promo code HAM of a purchase over $50. Get on it. It's... It's really pretty easy to use, and I, we've had many, many people use it, and they love it. Ease.com, promo code HAM, and, and if you're just interested to see what they have, it changes by area. Just go to Ease.com and check out their menu, guy. It's got a menu. Just check it out. It's easy. It's fantastic. V- vapes, pre-rolls, uh, sleeping aids. Happy sixth yeah. anniversary, by the way, to Ease. I mean, they've got six years, guy. They've been with us uh, not six years, but you know, we, we like to feel like we're on the ground floor. Yeah. Um, ease.com promo code ham. 21 or over. Ease.com promo code ham. Very easy. Go support. We appreciate you supporting. You ask us how to support. You know, you go get the promo. You go get the the, the, the ham pod from uh, Pink Onion Pizza. That's great. We don't get paid on that, but that's great. Someone, Matt, a listener yeah. gets paid. That's supporting. Within, we've got our own bubble here, John, right? This yeah. podcast we're, is a community. We're, we're trying to uplift bubble. the community, guy. <laughs> we're trying. We're an uplifters. We, we are multipliers, right? That's is right. that what they call positive thing? Multipliers? I had a guy in yeah. the NFL say that to me about a player. He's like, he's a multiplier. Oh, like his good energy feeds other yeah. good energy. I like it, that. It's a, like an uplifter. You We're know? multipliers. I like that. Yeah. Multipliers. <laughs> That's good. It's really good. Uh, we will get, we got another restaurant to get to, speaking of our multiplying strength. So we'll get to that. Don't forget, keep DMing us on IG, me or John or both of us. Local restaurants that you love, places that are uh, maybe you, you're involved in. Somebody uh, early on in the game DM me and said that after we shouted out the restaurant that they wanted shouted out, 
they then sent that clip to the restaurant, and that person, our listener, got a free meal. So, you know, if you want to do it selfishly, maybe if, you can if, benefit. If, yeah, if you'd like us, send us a free meal. We're more than welcome. Here's another thing, guy. Someone sent me. It's probably safe to link us. If you're going to DM us, DM us. Do a combined DM where we do us both. Sometimes I just get I get a lot of DMs. I do a mailbag on the other podcast. So I get so many DMs. I lose it. You know, I'm not, I'm not a great accountant with my DMs. Someone send me a good one. It okay. was a long one, and I can't find it today. And I really wanted to use it. It was my fault. I was going to email it to myself. So if you did that, resend it to me, please. I wonder, and Guy. Uh, I got a good long one from Scott today that we'll get to. So maybe it was maybe he sent it to both of us. I don't know. But yeah, if, I, any, if, I, if I hear it all, okay. I think I'll recognize it. All right, we'll get to that coming up a little later in the podcast, John. Big week because uh, the PGA Championship is coming to San Francisco this week which is big just for golf. It's also big for this will be our eighth ham challenge on DraftKings. Uh, is, is this thing done? Or is this tournament over? Yeah, Justin Thomas champion. So this week, uh, I finished 43rd. You finished 45th. You actually were in the top 20 for a healthy amount of time. I think I peaked at like 23 and then tumbled when Webb Simpson didn't have a great Sunday. Congrats to, uh, it looks like our winner, unless I'm premature here, I, I think this is done. M. Pendle. Uh, M. Looks, Pendle. M. Pendle looks like uh, the winner, which well, guy, paid out 180 had, he, bucks. He, just looking at his squad, he had Justin Thomas, he had Kepka, and he had Phil. Phil's a good pick. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a good squad. John, Shoffley was T6. He had Shoffley. Honestly, I he didn't see four Shoffley. Players. Did, you hit, did you see Shoffley hit one shot this weekend? Yeah, I did. I saw him hit a putt on Sunday. Okay, Ryan Palmer was T15. So he had Yeah. That's a, that's a good squad. That's a good squad. Five I, of the I'm six not, were top fifteen. Plus, I the am winner. not happy with a couple guys on my squad. I'm, I'm going to be honest. I, I, I Gary Woodland's not getting picked for a month. <laughs> Promise you that. You know. And uh, somebody DMs you. Was it was it Mutre four who's in 99th place? Somebody DMs you about yes, last place. He's, he said, "I would like to tell your brother, middle 83, who did he? Jeff won. He last won week, last right? week. Yeah, w- won last week. Classic winners hangover." Winner hangover, made a lineup, but actually didn't pick any players. So he automatically finished last because he accumulated zero points. That's right. May God have mercy on your soul. (laughs) If Jeff would have won again, I would have quit. I would have been playing this week. We almost had a repeat winner. Kevin Ray, REI 11, had won a few weeks ago. He was in first place for a while, finished T8. Well, I'm not going to cry over spilled milk. Paid him 40 bucks. We've come to grips with this. But you and I played in a media thing last year for the PGA Championship. And it was funny. Like, we responded because they're like, you guys want a free round of golf? We were just on this media list. I think they still thought we worked at the radio station. So when we got out there, we ended up getting to play by ourselves, just me and you. But on our, it said Middlecoff and Haberman, our names, and under it said like 95 70 games. <laughs> That's like, right. Yeah. And uh, we had talked to some guys, like, you know, you could do a booth. Like it, it probably would have been really sweet, you know, to do. We could have had the pot out Especially there. Especially had if we I, had a draft game for sh- live. I would have gone for sure for a day, either Friday or Thursday, yep. just to experience it. If we had a booth, that clearly when Corona hit was getting thrown out the fucking window. Uh, no, no podcast booth. But I, I guy, I mean, I. Do you want to go live I, from the sidewalk by the entrance? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's going to be really cool, and I would imagine a lot of people. You know, if you played golf, listen to this podcast. It's one of the more accessible public courses in the California. Yeah. That is nice. I mean, we and went it's out first ever major. The beginning of July, so two months ago, we went out and played for 
what was it like 115 bucks i think to walk which is what we did i thought it was like 105 maybe you're right 115 yeah, I, I, yeah. whatever it was but what's it now 220 i think now it's like 200 but uh, to be able to go play a major course two months before was pretty awesome. I'm looking up on CBS now. They're showing shots of it. So it's going to be really cool uh, for anybody. And I would imagine a lot of people who are golf fans listening to this have played it. Well, you can't play it this week. You can play. What are we going to do? Have we decided 125? I, I, yeah, I, think we, I, I think we go big. I think we up the game. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure it goes in increments once you get over 100, 125, 150, 200. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we go 125, and I think we double the the buy-in. Twenty dollar buy-in. So the buy-in is twenty bucks. Uh, luckily, I have some extra money in my account from you know placing a couple of games in a row. Uh, and we go twenty. And as you see with this tournament today, these tournaments where all the good players actually, to me, I find it more difficult. And, and this one's a little skewed this weekend because nobody got cut. So it's, I, I would say it's not really a normal tournament. This tournament, though, given the stakes. Given there's a fucking cut, I think it's going to be very, very challenging. Like I, I got, as I'm sitting here right now talking about it, and I, and I know you have. We put some time the last couple. Of I weeks put in Orlando. so much time to finish 44th this week. I got to tell you, I, I, I don't know if I'm going to put in as much time. I also think there's an element in baseball. One thing I've noticed with Giants games, and it's always been this way, but just this year in Corona because it's been gone for so long, and I we've talked about this before. The A's is kind of like this too, but some of these teams in the middle of summer, if you come from like Texas or you're playing in the Midwest, where Cincinnati or Philly, where it's just humid and hot, New York, and then you come play a Giants game where by about 8 o'clock at night, you're like, it is freezing cold right now. Remember Michael Morris told us that, they, that Angel Pagan told, like, taught him the trick of using, uh, was it suntan, not suntan no. lotion, but... It's like the oil, like the oil yeah, that, that keeps the heat in your body, allegedly. Yeah, it makes you, it keeps you warm. I think, and you just saw Bob Herrig on Sunday tweeted out a picture of Tiger playing right today, a practice round at Harding Park. He was wearing pants and a, and a pullover. Like this tournament in Memphis, I would imagine Memphis was really hot. The previous week in Minnesota was really hot. Colonial, I mean, these tournaments are in places that are humid and hot. This there is not a day where you might see one collar shirt, right? There's a chance. I mean, you just never know with the weather around here. It could be cold as shit. And that's where, I mean, Tiger, who probably has three more tournaments left this season, right? I guess he might play the FedEx playoffs. Maybe, who knows, he'll, if he wants to. But the three majors for sure. This thing's going to be cold, guy. I mean, I, I will be shocked. I'll be a little surprised if he makes a cut. Let's just go there. Now, yeah, he's I- played there before. He knows the course. But I don't know how much that factors in. Just he's old and it's cold. Like he's just he's, I mean, a he's played human pebble being a now. lot. But last year it was cold and he struggled, right? So yeah, I, I do you expect it? Like, what's it like most Thursdays and Fridays around? Well, I know area? right now Monday and Tuesday it's going to be windy and mid sixties here in the city. I think I would, morning morning tea times are a little less windy, but but it equally as cold, right? Yeah, I mean, could be fifty eight. Now it is supposed to be. You know, partly cloudy. Sunday's supposed to be sunny, 66, but, I mean, that's next Sunday. It, by next Sunday, it's going to be 55. Well, you know what? We haven't had a lot. Of, like, it is going to be in the 60s. I can tell you that. Like, that's been pretty yeah. consistent in the city. But so is the wind. To me, it's the wind and just that that mist. When I played in Monterey a couple weeks ago, there's that fog that hangs over it. 
And it's weird because, like, when we talk about football, you really just factor in rain for the ball. But, like, if it's cold or not, it doesn't really change players, right? Like, it's like, whatever. I just play. If it's 50 or 80, I just play. I might need to hydrate a little more in the heat. But in golf, specifically for Tiger, I think it has a dramatic impact, which sucks. Like, I think Tiger making the cut in this tournament would be really cool. I mean, it, selfishly, I'd want it, but I just think it'd be a big deal for Harding Park, the Bay Area, Tiger, right? Just, I, I don't even need necessarily in the mix, but just kind of around. And I, I would say, guy, I, I will be, if you said over, under, percentage, 50.5, he makes the cut, or 49.5, you know, he makes the cut percentage-wise, I'd go under. Like, I, I, I'd say it'd be an upset if he makes the cut. Yeah. We'll get this my weather just because the, second, of the weather. Before we do that, let's just tell people too. So here's how the DraftKings work. Uh, if you're listening this Monday, that means the link is out. We tweeted it. Go find it. Get in. Um, I'll the Instagram other thing it is, too. what's that? Uh, we'll put it on Instagram, Instagram as too. Well. Yep. DraftKings promo code ham gives you a free shot of a million bucks. Um, and our games, like John said, are going to be twenty. The other thing is NBA. We're gonna. I, I, this week is when I'm gonna start. Like you, you gave me good advice. You said give it a week, just kind of watch, and then after a week, start doing the NBA DraftKings. That's what I'm gonna do. I played baseball for about a week it, with varying degrees of success. Basketball is what just eight players. Yeah, um, and to me, at draft. least you know if you, if you take Dame Lillard or Anthony Davis and they're playing, like they are gonna get you points. Like you could take Mookie Betts and he could easily go for four. I, baseball to me is just way harder than the NBA. Once you because you would say it's pretty clear, just kind of peeking at some NBA games, like who plays well? Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, a- Anthony Davis, uh, Giannis had 35. I was watching some of Giannis yesterday, fucking Duncan. It's like, yeah, he's sweet, right? Dame Lillard hitting fadeaway threes. Like in basketball, the good players score. Or you know, and Russell Westbrook and and uh, and James the other day, I think combined for 80. You know, you you know what you're getting. I actually think basketball. This next week, we could probably play like a Wednesday game on a, if there's a slate of a bunch of games, even if it was just a five dollar buy. Oh, like I like 50 that. I like that idea. Yeah, we know? should do that. Okay, we will do that. So if you get into our when you get in, we add you. Although I still got to add people from this last weekend to make sure that you're the first to get invited to the next game. So just be aware of that. Promo code Ham again. We also love people have asked us. Yes, please tell your friends on this one. Get your friends in our games with you, and that's how we keep growing these things, and they'll get bigger by football season. $5 deposits required. That's the minimum. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Okay. And just on a on kind of a geeky note, I, I do think this is a pretty big deal for this course. You know, I mean, it's hosting a major championship. Because of the times, it's in Corona. They're just probably, that's an extra 500,000 people or whatever, just kind of peeking on it. Gambling's big. DraftKings, like people like us now are talking more about golf because of the fantasy gambling element. You just get more casual people involved. I, you know, and then when you find, if you live, if you listen to us, you probably, I mean, the majority of our listeners, either Bay Area, Sacramento, or to Fresno, you do have access to this place, right? So I, I know the way I think, like, you can't really think like it now, but if next year you're on a work trip in LA, like, where can I play golf? Like, I, I've really kind of, my, my mind says, Chase, can I bring my clubs? <laughs> you know, can I go there and play a little golf? It's just one of those courses that is very, very accessible. And, uh, you know, I think now it's really going to be like it's a big moment for the course, and, no. and, and, and you know, it's a big moment just you know for for a public course that's not really in the mix ever. Right. It's now kind of like it's got Presidents Cups. I mean, it's had moments before when we had Hunter on; they had the Ryder Cup 
or the maybe president's it was the president's cup. cup was there before oh nine it had that, the, it had, that was a, that was a long time ago it had the wgc in 2015 Cadillac. Yeah, I, I, I'd say f- anything past like three years feels like 20 years at this point. Uh, no doubt. Did you know this, though, just going back and looking? The other part, and it does, when you say it out loud, it does, re- it does resonate. The PGA Championship is rarely on the West Coast. The last West Coast PGA Championship was, let me look here, Sam- 98, I think. Sammamish, Washington. VJ Singh yeah. won. Wow, I never heard of it. Uh, well, Sammamish is the town. Sahali Country Club is the place. So you're just saying it's it feels like an East Coast event, and it is the PGA Championship. This is new. Last year was Beth Page Black, Belle Reve, which yeah. is in Missouri before that, Quail Hollow in North Carolina before that. Probably my favorite golf course to say its name, Baltrasol. Is yeah. that how you say it in Jersey? Yeah. Although Whistling Straits is sweet, Wisconsin, Valhalla in Kentucky, Oak Hill in New York. Uh, the well, island. I mean, what's that island? Ki Kiawa. Ki, ki, however you yeah. say it in South Carolina. Yeah. Georgia, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Michigan, Oklahoma, Illinois, Jersey, Wisconsin, New York. I mean, it's just it's not a West Coast tournament. So it's I I, I can't even lie, guy. I mean, I I will be really really excited week one of the NFL. I'm pretty fired up for this thing. Now, granted, selfishly, we've played it uh, twice in the last year. But just to see Tiger Woods hit shots on a golf course that I've hit shots on, I, I can't remember the last time I've done that. Or even, but it's not even just him. Like whoever I have on my DraftKings team, be like, "Why are you playing it right there? God damn it, Justin Thomas!" You know? Yeah. I'm not just giving away, but I, Justin Thomas is probably gonna be like 50 percent of the picks. <laughs> I would say he he's probably the you know the as we're recording this right now, mybookie.ag promo code ham one. I think it's fair to say if you just talk to 10 betters he's probably the the bet you feel the best about he's better player than Bryson DeChambeau guy John Rahm by Friday in this tournament I tweeted out I mean was throwing clubs throwing tees well he had he one, was losing he had a his couple mind. chips that were off just oh horrendous. my god to me to me Rahm is like he's like uh like an Antonio Brown he is so talented, but at any moment, if you're like, oh, yeah, Antonio left the team. Like, like any moment. Yeah, uh, John Rahm shot 79. Well, you know what's funny is that last week when he won, all the conversation was like, he's been really calm. <laughs> oh, look, our local – oh, no, never mind. I thought they had footage of Tiger at Harding Park, but it's just from the TNT thing. Uh, yeah, I mean, Tiger's 15-1. to 1, Justin's 14-1. to 1. So if you were to pick one for this tournament, I think you'd have to go Justin between those two. MyBookie.ag, of course, the NBA is a big part of this. Um, it's the beauty now. It's multiple games every night. I'm watching King's Magic as we speak. Is, uh, is there a little bit like Morikawa and Homa? They went to Cal. I'm sure, they, I'm sure they played this course a handful of times in their college career, right? Just pick know. up Let's, golf. Let me uh, let me send let me reach out to uh, somebody who would know. So I I think that's something to keep an eye on. Though I think these majors are a little bit of a different animal. Like how much like does he have a huge advantage over you know just the top players in the world? And the course probably is going to play a lot dramatically. It's going to be a lot longer than when you normally play it. Yeah. Um. But in any event, mybookie.ag ham one is the code there. They'll match your deposit dollar for dollar. Uh, and they're throwing in a free $10 NBA future bet when you use promo code HAM1 when you sign up. Just remember, when you take the bonus, you have to bet the bonus. But um, 
Man, there's so many. So I've many seen a lot of people tweeting on my timeline about betting on the NBA. I'm like, you guys are pretty bold right now. Like, I, I just, I'm trying to, I, I went through a feeling out process of just like, let's see. You're not I going team totals? On, like, who's going to be 8 no? <laughs> yeah, but even like Memphis minus four. Like, can we just, let's just see how this thing plays out and who's healthy and just who's playing. I understand betting on like future NBA champions, like taking the Clippers or the Lakers. Like, that's, you, you got a pretty good, or the Bucks. We're in baseball, betting on the Yankees or the Dodgers to win the championship. But I, I'd say the first – and I, listen, I, I love gambling as much as the next guy. I, I do think it's kind of a little reckless because you have no clue. I mean, none of just at any moment, like the Bucks. The other night, I'm watching on Saturday, and Giannis basically has like a game-winning play. They have the number one seed basically wrapped up. You could argue, like, going into the game, I'd be thinking, why would I even, why am I risking playing him down the stretch? Let's ease this back into it. Like, you just don't know. Now, he ended up doing it, but I, I think the unknown on this is kind of crazy. Now, you could say definitely the, the teams that, do you know there's a play-in game? Like, the 8-9, the 9 team actually makes the playoffs, and then you do 8-9 play-in. A single game? Play in one seed. I, I, yeah. Someone told me about that, and yeah, it's that's a big like part of this tournament. That sounds like the kind of thing game. somebody who follows way less sports than you would be like, man, what about the playing game? And you're like, what? <laughs> and you kind of embarrassed <laughs> yeah. that you don't know it. You're like, wait, huh? Like, oh yeah, I was watching Max and Marcellus, and Max was saying that you know, it's like, oh sweet, because I was texting with someone about like, well, I don't think the Kings can get to nine, and he's like, you know, if they did, you're in. I'm like in. He's like, yeah, you get a shot to play the eight team to get the seed. That was part of like what Adam. I got. I'll give Adam Silver some credit, guy. It does look pretty sharp on TV to the eyes. You know, it, like it just. Looks, I think it looks fantastic. It looks crisp. It took it looks me. Crisp. It honestly took me a day to kind of be able to differentiate. At first, I couldn't tell who was sitting. Like it was kind of dark where the players and the coaches are, and they're. Well, separated. They, you know how they kind of spread them out. They spread you know, them out, and then there's and then there's like just some other personnel kind of generally around. But then they have the fans on the digital boards, which is kind of pretty crazy. I'd be kind of annoyed if I'm – like I was watching um, the Pelicans on Saturday and J.J. Reddick's at the free throw line, and there's like a Pelicans fan on the board behind the backboard, and he's waving his arms, you know, because he doesn't know he's behind J.J. Reddick. He's just waving his arms because he's on – they tell these people to have fun. And J.J.'s got to shoot with this guy waving his digital arms. But pretty- where is that guy? Are they just because Paul Pierce somewhere? Well, today Paul Pierce is watching the Celtics game, and at first I thought they just took a digital picture of him. Like it's actually him it's sitting him. there watching the I game. Know. I, Chris, Chris Bosh was doing it the other night with the Heat. It's pretty, really, to me to have former players and stuff there is pretty cool. The the, te- the technology. You have to say one thing, and w- one thing we've learned during Corona, and I think you see this like with the stock market with Apple, and remember everyone's like. Facebook, no one's going to advertise with them ever again. Their biggest quarter yet to date in the history of the company just happened. And uh, like their growth and their revenue was just astronomical. Google crushed it. Amazon, I mean, Bezos is like burning money at this point. He's like, what do I even do? Technology is, it's pretty insane right now. <laughs> like, I, like, what can we not do? You know, besides like press a button and me just, uh, me and you just appear in the same place. Like, we're not, like, that far away, like, what we're already kind of pulling off. There's a digital board with actual humans watching the game, and it kind of looks like them. it's them because it actually is them. But I'm just saying the digital cutout kind of looks like it's them. I even think I, I saw – I haven't watched a Fox baseball game, but I've seen a couple highlights on Twitter. I think they're 
fans in the ba- the background don't look terrible. Yeah. It's pretty amazing that they even can do that. I know. It's incredible. Should have been a programmer. <laughs> I can There's barely like find a, no a, a document that I've saved on my on my <laughs> computer. I'm searching the name. I know it's that name. <laughs> yeah. Uh mybookie.ag ham1 is the promo code there. NBA, baseball, everything, golf. Get after it. And we'll do we'll do a, some specific uh, once we get the groupings out for Harding Park for the PGA Championship, we'll do some bets on that. I I I'm really fired up. Yeah, me too. Me too. Um, we also had – why don't we start with football just because we did have guys showing up. And when Jimmy Garoppolo showed up, he was wearing a George Kittle T-shirt. We've been talking a lot about this. Nothing's really changed. I think you kind of – you texted me the other day. We were talking about, you know, what's a way to talk about this Kittle thing that it's not just rehashing the same thing. And one of the things you said was, is this is this nothing or is it something, just everything that's gone on? And I don't see how it can be nothing. And the way I look at it at this moment in time is it is the toughest situation, I think, now, given the moment in time that we're in that Shanahan and Lynch have had to deal with. Reuben Foster was not easy to deal with, but in retrospect, it got dealt with, right? Um, figuring out the kind you, you mean when he was cut? Yeah, but I just mean, and then they found other linebackers and it turned out to work out, right? Yeah. So now with hindsight... It was a bad pick, but they recovered from it nicely. Because you'd rather have Fred Warner than Ruben anyway. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, so, I, sorry. No, no, go ahead. I was just going to say, I, I think however this resolves itself, it, you can't look at it like it's nothing. Because on one hand, the Niners are saying, let's reset the tight end market. Sure, maybe we're willing to do that. And George Kittle's saying... Uh, no, I don't even want to hear about the tight end market. The gap seems pretty big for a guy that is clearly has a lot of leverage on a team that clearly is trying to win a championship this year. You know when you the conversation, let's say, with a guy like Dak Prescott, it's a continuing conversation until the date hits and he signs the franchise tag and that the conversation's kind of over. Like this year, Dak Prescott is just playing on the franchise tag. Like there isn't a right. conversation. The conversation really just turns to now it's like a finite, is he worth franchising again? Are they are they going to have to pay him a huge amount of money? But they just have a year to like, they're in this period of, like the conversation is the conversation with him. Really the last year with Dak, the conversation never ended. And that's where we're at with George. But I think, Guy, what makes it a little more unique is Jimmy wears the shirt. I'm not saying there's that much there because Kittle had been like Instagramming back and forth that he can't get Jimmy to call him back. Kind of fucking with him. So maybe it's Jimmy's way to fuck with him back. I forwarded you this tweet and I forwarded to a couple guys with the Niners and they did LOLs back. And I don't know if there's that much to make of it, but I do think it's fair to say it's a conversation with the people that are tight with George on this team that Trent Taylor, and listen, Trent Taylor hasn't played a meaningful game in two years. So I... I'm not saying like what he says means a goddamn thing. Because to me, I, I don't care. Like if Trent Taylor disappeared tomorrow, the Niners wouldn't flinch. But I actually think if I was his agent, I would have recommended him not to tweet this. Like, bro, you're you're not. If Fred Warner wants to tweet, if Jimmy wants to tweet, if Richard Sherman wants to tweet, if Trent Taylor, bro, you just let's just focus on making the team and staying healthy, my man. Uh, y- you were also a fifth round pick who's been injured, but. He did tweet this. So I, I give him some balls credit. Like, he's got balls. Because I, I would, in his shoes, not have tweeted this. 
the 49ers tweeted out the video, like like every team does, when they their player, George, was seventh in that top 100. Right. right? They just tweet, congrats, or just some cheesy tweet, and, and then the video. He quotes the tweet and just saying the front office hiding from the facts with a gif of a guy covering his head with a newspaper. And I think it's fair to say that Trent Taylor, again, insane tweet to me given the player, but I think it is reflective. Like, it probably is a conversation of the crew because Trent is part of the crew even though he's not on the field because he's never actually healthy, but the use checks and the, you know, the players that are all practicing together, and I bet Jimmy that just go, this is kind of crazy if they won't pay George. Like it's because it, it is the one situation where it feels like a no brainer for the players. We understand there is a lot of nuance on this that do make it really complicated for the Niners. Like I, I think if he got signed to a five year, 85 million, 50 guarantee, Twitter would be like, yeah, deserves it, deserves it. It would be pretty insane that he almost you know, two Almost and a half triples. times. Yeah. Is, yeah. I mean, it would be a historic moment. Like when Albert Breer or Florio wrote like an in-depth kind of contract conversation on it, it would be nuts. Especially right? if there's not a holdout. Yeah. And and I, that's where I think it makes it. If me and you were Kittle's agent, I think the conversation would have been pretty simple. George, you cannot show up. If we really want to make this money, you cannot show up. Right? Because we had talked about it forever to get what you want in the NFL, the blueprint's there. When, when you're an elite guy, yep. you either you can do, I guess, two things. You can go Jamal Adams and just scorched earth, Arnold Schwarzenegger commando, just never stop shooting. Or just do what, and kind of Jalen Ramsey, same thing. Do Khalil Mack, Aaron Donald, just, I, just don't show up. I think Michael Thomas, right, held out last year. And you, you really, your point comes across because you're Khalil Mack, you're Aaron Donald, you're Michael Thomas, you're the best player on the team, they either got to put up or shut up. Right. Right? Because there is no you, – you, that team's not playing without the player. They're either going to say, listen, we have no intention of paying you, like Gruden ultimately said, because I think he can say whatever he wants. They had no intention of paying him that money. The Rams did. They were just probably hoping to get it for like 75, right? And then it just gets – you're like, well, this guy never going to show back up. And it, remember, Aaron Donald did it two years in a row. Michael Thomas and Zeke, like year three, but Michael wasn't a first-round pick, so he he only had the one year left on a four-year contract, just didn't show up. And I bet Sean Payton was like, yeah, we need this guy. And then what do you have, like the historic season, like 190 million catches? <laughs> it was like, yeah, he's pretty good. <laughs> like he's So he – and they know it. And I think George is the same thing. The difference for George and Michael Thomas is like, if I tell you that Michael Thomas plays 16 games this year, you go, yeah, he's probably going to have 120-plus catches. George is a little, his quantifying George, like he could have his best season ever and have 55 catches, right? Just be an unreal blocker, maybe of those 55 catches, seven touchdowns, just a bunch of huge first downs, change their game plan for other guys that excel. George, that's the thing with the tight end. Like you don't, sometimes Gronk was not having 120 catch seasons. And that's where I think it's hard, like, but his you presence changes everything that happens. No, I know. Especially and that, that's where I think especially it's difficult. Like Samuel's blocking out, doesn't right, get blocking doesn't get paid. Plus, Debo Samuel's sucks. out for a month. I mean, I he th- would have a lot of leverage, guy, if he didn't show up. He would, and I also and think as of like, we're talking, he showed up and got tested. I I would imagine he's back. I, I think the I've other thing is, that we've seen from Trent Taylor's tweet, from Jimmy Garoppolo's T-shirt, 
We have every reason to believe, remember, once Khalil Mack got traded, and we're not talking about George getting traded, but we are talking about him not being there. It did seem to have an effect on the team, even just for a short period of time, right? There is the potential that there's an effect on the team just by George not being in the locker room. I think what ends up happening without – we've talked about numbers. I'm not going to put a number on it here. We've talked about should it be 32 or 38, whatever. If I had to guess, what ends up happening is he gets a contract that Twitter loves because it's really front-loaded with guarantees, but in two or three years is a contract that – not that they would need to get out of it, but that they could if they had to. That's my guess as to what happens here. Um, but, you know, well, I – If you told I me, let's you, say well, – I was going to say we went the one extreme, other thing. When Trent Taylor yeah. says the front office, if you want to get specific, he could say Kyle, Coach like, Shanahan. Yeah, right. You, you do. You do know who's in charge. Your head coach. Maybe he just feels like he might, loves me. I actually might quote that tweet and be like, "You mean your head coach, who's the decision maker in the building?" Uh, I actually I'm going to tonight. Okay. That's, you're right. I I didn't even thought about that. It's not like. Parag's trying to lowball. Well, if they wanted a guy and Kyle wants it done, it gets done. This isn't that complicated of a formula, right? I mean, you technically could be like, Jed, you need to get involved. I don't know. It's like, Trent, you're talk- your head coach is the boss. You guys know that. And that's where I think the player sometimes, like that's one of those tweets that I bet if we looked at his mentions, was like, yeah, they're screwing. We're getting to get George. Like, you guys are all talking about Kyle, right? That's where it gets lost here. That's the one thing you do appreciate about New England. There's no, it's not even like, there's no, like, John, it's just, like, fucking Bill, you know? It's Bill. But Kyle is kind of like Bill in the sense of his juice, but he does have John, and this is the power probably of paying John, of being kind of the bad cop in some of these. Like, what's John and Parag doing? I don't know, waiting for Kyle to tell them if it's cool or not to give them the number that they that they just negotiated? What are you guys fucking talking about? That's a great point. I didn't think about it like that. I also think if you go into the craziest scenario possible, Let's say it held out, and they traded him for two ones and a two. If I told you George Kittle, like Khalil Mack, got traded right before week one, and you told me, do you think the Niners might not make the playoffs because of this? I'd be like, yes. I think that would be a possibility. uh, So so you say a month without just Or even if it wasn't right before, like any time during training camp, they trade George Kittle. Yeah, yeah, for a huge – I'd be like, yeah, the Niners could easily not make the playoffs. I would say – I would only say that for Jimmy Garoppolo beside anyone on the team. Wait, oh, you would say that for only for Jimmy and for Kittle. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think even as great of a leader Richard is, and like would you, you I mean, would it. you say, well, you know, Mullins, you keep Mull- you got Mullins. Who's more likely to make you miss the playoffs? Kittle being gone or Garoppolo being gone? Yeah, I just think Garoppolo, Jimmy's probably so seen much better than Mullins. You know, <laughs> I mean, it's, I, I, you know, it's probably like, you know, Sean Livingston had some moments, but Steph Curry's in a completely different world. I mean. When do Super Bowl contenders with leaders in their prime move on from guys because of contract situations? Like, what would you say there's some resolution to this at some point? I don't know if that means. I think the Niners would, if they want to keep him, because I think uh, up until he signed, you just have to use the word if. That's, that's just being fair. I want him to keep him. I don't want him gone. I love watching him play. You would just say that they, if they want him here, they would like to get this thing done in the next month. Before football starts, in theory, it starts, <laughs> right? Not if like you're they with me. want him on their contract, yeah. But so I was going to ask you though the percentage that you think, in some way, shape, or form, something gets done. 
Because I will say this, even though there's plenty of good reason for them not to be close, this does happen a lot, right, where you're not close for eight months and then suddenly in three days you're hammering out the details. I, I do think they get something done with him. I think it's a better than a 60% chance that they get something done. Yeah, I, I was going to say 50-50 with – they don't – the thing with the Cowboys where you – just talking to my friends in the NFL where there is pushback on the Dak thing, whether you think Dak has better football to be played or not, it's just bad business to let things linger and then go and leave yourself to the possibility of having to pay – 120% instead of when you could have paid 95% and it feels like a lot. And then two years from there, you're actually paying 75%. And now the Cowboys are in this weird spot. And I don't think the Niners ever like doing that, you know, because the moment you get to, let's say George has his best season ever. They win the Super Bowl. He's a Super Bowl MVP and he's a fucking all pro again. And now it's like, well, they can't get rid of him now. And it's one of those situations where his contract goes way up. Like they, they, they like to avoid that. Right. I just think that they they don't mess with that. Now, they have never been a team that that has paid market premiums, but I would also push back and go, they haven't really had a market premium over the last decade in the situation with a guy like a Joey Bosa, a Khalil Mack, a Jalen Ramsey that would play a wide receiver that plays an elite paid position that was ready to get paid as their team was good. Because even the Harbaugh Niners, they had a bunch of guys on like team friendly deals and the team had been shitty and it was just kind of a unique operation for the next seven, eight years. They were bad. And then even Kyle's first two years, they were bad. So it's just, they haven't had like the saints with Michael Thomas, right? right. Or the Rams with Aaron Donald when they're good, their best player is good. He plays a position that the number is going to hit you across the face. It happened once with Jimmy Garoppolo. And it was like, Oh, they gave him 120 million. And then it turned out he got 70 million, which was like a little less than car. And you're like, well, it wasn't that crazy. They're lucky know? that George isn't a receiver. Well, if George was a wide receiver, we'd be talking, you know, he'd be get, making more than Michael Thomas. I, I think that's the number we'd be talking about. He'd be getting Michael Thomas Julio type money. Yep. That's where they really benefit. And that's where I think this gets complicated because they go, our guy's fucking just as good as those guys. And he's I mean, that's what we say when we watch him. I, I know. That's what we I, said. That's why I think this conversation, month, right? You wouldn't trade him for those guys straight up, by and large, most of them. Here, here's where I think the Niners get a little lucky, and any team in a situation like this around the league get a little lucky. This camp's weird. You don't have the same amount of media there. Typically, your players aren't going to consistently talk as much. Your practices aren't happening with fans and media there. It would be, one, I think, one of the biggest stories in the league. You're because saying it's a little harder players. for a player when it's not being report, when they're physically not seeing him there every day. When you're asking yeah, like, all of his teammates every single day at their locker, what's it like without George here? Well, what if I, what if I told you this? Or what, if George is there and it's like a first padded practice, red zone period, sweet catch by George in the back of the end zone. Yeah. Spikes the ball. Pay me my fucking money. But but I you would know, say it, less dramatic than that, John. There's always just the. You don't like my George. That's a good. I mean, that's, that that's a good one. But I would say even more realistic, right? Is just the tweets. It's like Kittle looks even faster than he's ever looked. Right. You, all the work we saw Kittle putting it on Instagram. He is stronger and faster than he's ever been. Just beat triple coverage for a touchdown in the or end like zone. the or the fans lead a chant like "Pay George Kittle" and he and he's giving them one of these. You know, just yeah, stuff would happen. As John Lynch yeah. is it, standing there on the sideline, yeah. Trent Taylor's pointing at him. Kyle Smith. And he's like Kyle Shanahan's here. None of it. 
No, he's like too busy calling some 17 word play. It's like, was that Dwelly or George? I don't know. <laughs> What's the difference? <laughs> so, I'm not, I know that's that's really probably one of the the only interesting like non-corona type stories with the Niners this this training camp. Well, I mean, the really, roster's the, pretty much set. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The, I mean, there's not really too many position battles. Like, who's gonna make the team? You know, one of those like. I think from your standpoint, if we talked about stories, teams that benefit the most from not having media around every day at practice, would the Packers be at the top of that list? Given every, I mean, I know Aaron's the quarterback in perpetuity, at least that's yeah. the lip service Matt LaFleur gave, and he had to. But, I mean, that situation, you remember, I can, when I think about, <laughs> you wouldn't put this on a list of just the biggest moments in sports that stand out in your mind. But, you know, weird stuff stands out in your mind. It's not every Super Bowl that's at the top of your sports memory. And for me, watching the daily Favre, Rodgers, ESPN, when it was clear, like not year one, but year three, year four, right? Was it four years or three years? Did he be, four years. I remember when Ted Thompson spoke after they traded him and named Aaron Rodgers the quarterback. And it was like, oh my god! It was a war zone of reporters, and he and he had the balls to go. Aaron Rodgers, our guy. I was like, and it was three years. He was the backup, but yeah, I. But I just, he, remember those I just vividly remember him being in a scrum after they traded Favre, going Aaron Rodgers, our guy, and thinking it was nuts. Like this is this is a bold move here, Cotton. But that's he, just, I just have right. that seared in my head, like that daily ESPN. It was like you know, it's like war coverage. It's every day, just five hundred. Remember, reporters. Peter King was always on top of it. Yeah, it was a it was a massive, massive story. I I do think the difference of this though is is that when they drafted Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers was viewed arguably as the number one quarterback in that draft. He had had moments in college that were like historic. Remember, he had the one game against USC where he had like twenty four straight completions. And they almost beat the one of the great USC teams. Like to me, he was a really polarizing college prospect. Jordan Love was in the sense of like he was like a really talented player, but no one was going, yeah, Jordan Love's a year one starter. So and and then Aaron, it, times were different, sat for three years. That would never happen now. Right. The the one main difference though, guy, is and I, I think Aaron, when he got there, they like changed his motion and changed like remember he used to hold it up high, like Tedford style. I think there's a chance that like Jordan Love could look really bad in this first training camp. Why do and you think just that? be like, well, just be overwhelmed, right? No offseason. He was a pretty raw player to begin with. Then there's just like kind of this pressure of I bet Aaron's a little dialed, like, okay, motherfuckers. You know, he's just kind of got some of that in him. And then if Aaron's just balling, this guy looks dramatically worse. Like, I, I don't know who their third string quarterback is, but just whoever the other guy is people tweeting out if it was a normal camp. And, you know, the Packers have the thing where they ride the bikes. Ton of fans there. It's like a golf tournament. Just people sitting in stands. Tweets of, like, whoever they're hacking You know, just, is it, are we sure uh, Jordan Love's even the best backup quarterback? It could just be weird. And then there's pressure. And then Aaron Rodgers. The one thing he's liable to say. Like, I, I'm pretty confident George Kittle will be very, very professional about this. You know, he's not... He actually, for being like crazy WWE guy, is actually pretty politically correct. When you ever listen to him, like on a, just a, when you just hear he does him not put himself the podium, above the team. No, he's a pretty. I could see Rogers, you know, you know, maybe in camp if they ask him, like you know, just beside Devontae, it seems like some of these guys are struggling. Him drop, yeah, it sure would have been nice to have uh, Brandon Ayuk on this squad or something. Like, <laughs> Whoa, he is. You would agree, liable to just say Rothless something. Burger that, style, yeah. 
Yeah. Tim Boyle. I would say they, John is the, they, they, is the third they, stringer. So they would be the two that would be. And Roethlisberger has. Like, yeah, I don't even like this uh, Mason Rudolph. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. Like, well, who was the other guy they had from Tennessee? Uh, oh, Dobbs. It's like, I don't yeah. understand. Like, Dobbs has been great. Like, I don't get it. I. <laughs> To me, that was one I remember listening to that. I, I specifically went to his weekly interview just to tune in, and, and it was it was one of those deals where it wasn't like linked from Florio. I was just curious, and I just remember thinking if if the media, if the national media picked up on the quotes from this interview, it would be people would be losing their minds over the stuff that just Roethlisberger casually says. And you're right. See, I but hit, hit, but but Rogers quotes always go viral. Like his do. don't hide. No, they don't. But. That's where and we get and back he, to. And this he gets, is a different animal. And he gets specific. He gets really specific. I do think, too, the other factor here is whether you think LaFleur's offense is a good match for Rodgers or not, is there a chance he's better this year? Just there was so much adjustment last year. His uh, second year I mean, in this I, offense. I, I they, they have one good wide receiver. They want to run the ball. Like my buddies with the Bears, he was twenty six and four last year. Jeez. All think that Rodgers is still big time. Like I, I know this, the NFC North. You're saying Bears, he was really good last year. Is that the, the, point the Bears you're think he's really good? Yeah, the Bears think he's good. One and two, they think that like this style of the way they're playing actually benefits him because they don't have that many wide receivers. They want to run the ball. They drafted a, a running back in the second round. Their defense actually is not bad. You remember last year they got the two Smith brothers. That one guy, Zadarius, turned into like an all-pro level type player. Uh, remember he got snubbed from the Pro Bowl and he was like lifting his shirt up, you know, yeah. <laughs> or something happened. Uh, I, I just think that they view – but here's the thing. So Rodgers might be – I think sometimes like in a relationship, for example, when you know it's already over and you just start kind of greasing the skids of like – creating fights or whatever, and it just leads to more problems to ultimately get out. I kind of feel like that's what the, the Packers and LaFleur don't really like Rodgers. Not in the sense that they don't think he's still good, because I even they would be like, yeah, is he worth probably $150 million or whatever paying him right now? You know, in a perfect world, probably not, but he's still damn good. He's one of the best two or three quarterbacks in the league. Is he a little bit of a pain in the ass? Yes. But it's more just the natural kind of progression is he is 37 years old, and we don't need – that's the other thing. I, I think this offense, starting with Kyle and, and Goff and, and McVay, has shown you that you can get by with non – Matt Ryan, Kirk Cousins. Like, you don't you, – you can win with Tier 3 quarterbacks. You don't need the Tier 1 guy. The irony the is offense, that the big plays is what everyone thought they lacked last year, Right. For for Rodgers, yeah, the the Aaron detractors say, yeah, I know his numbers were twenty six touchdowns and four picks, but if you watched him, he really didn't hit that many big plays relative to what we think he should be capable of doing. Someone DM me the other day, and and they asked, why do you think, like, do you think Rodgers could change? As a big Packer fan, he's like, you know, obviously Rodgers made a made a career of throwing off his back foot and just doing shit that no one else could do. And he's like, do you think he could change that? And I said, I, I, I think under no circumstances at 37 years old, you don't, you know, what's the famous saying? You don't treat, teach an old dog new tricks. Like one of the reasons why Drew Brees and, and Tom Brady, like their style has not changed at all, right? When I think Tom Brady, and they, the Tampa Bay tweeted out the video of him working with the, the, like the rookies, like just how fundamentally sound ball placement with his hands, his feet, the footwork on a five, three, seven-step drop, the movement in the pocket, like everything. And Peyton was always king of this, right? 
when I think Tom Brady, when I think Drew Brees, when I think Peyton Manning, the number one thing I think, just get like nuanced talk about their style, is like they're, they are 11 out of 10 fundamentally sound. When I think Rodgers, his fundamentals actually kind of shitty. It actually speaks to his elite talents. Like you could say Steph Curry. Like one thing Steph Curry, his fundamentals, because he's such a great shooter, he can kind of get by sometimes with, you know, kind of playing like Rodgers. Well, and specifically shooting, right? Will age yeah, well. Specifically shooting. Yeah. But Rodgers was always like his feet were never set, but his arm strength, if you were going to do the, I always like doing the baseball analogy, he was throwing like 100 miles an hour, but he had like Greg Maddox-like precision. So it was like, it didn't matter if he was like kind of leaning to the side, throwing to the side. He could just kind of like what Mahomes does now. Where Manning or and Brady and Breeze never could. And I think Rodgers' fundamentals are so shitty that I bet LaFleur goes, well, we're never going to change him. And his physical attributes naturally just diminish as you get older. That there is a chance, so maybe this was what they would tell you. Listen, let's just hypothetically say, they go, you know, actually we got along fine with Aaron. It was just, you know, given his status in the league, he was great to work with. But as a talent evaluator, if you look at like talent evaluators do in pro sports, we look at it like a stock. And his stock, just we think it has a chance and on a given year. And we don't, it might be next year, it might be in two years, could fall off a cliff. And we just saw this value in the draft of a guy we really liked. And we were in position with Aaron that we weren't going to have to play this guy for a couple of years. If the media and fans didn't I think kind of like what the, what the Chiefs did with Mahomes is there a chance that Mahomes doesn't start till year three if he doesn't get that last game and the Chiefs don't lose that first playoff game? Maybe. Like when they draft the night they drafted him, did they go? He's going to be the starter by year two, or just like, I gotta see think, how it goes? Yeah, I it gotta think it's we see how it goes, but I gotta think also they'd seen a year of him then in practice. I mean, you would know, but I I still think there's a chance he even if he doesn't get to play week seventeen. I think that he still becomes the starter the next year. I, I think the last – I mean, just talking to Andy, I've never asked him this specifically. I think the last two weeks had a dramatic impact on his week 17 when Andy, remember, he told me the story. All his coaches, because they were set, worked on the playoff game. He's like, I just – me and Mahomes did the game plan together. So, I just – it was just me and him. And by about Friday, I was like, God, he's texting me. He was like, I was blown away. And then, remember, he played well. And then Alex in the playoff game – I mean, somewhat shit the bed. Remember, they lost to Mario. A lot happened in, in a 14-day stretch. You're right. I mean, I would imagine in practice for sure. I remember Veach was like sending Lewis videos and Schrager videos of him in practice. Like, it was clear. There was a legend in the practice. But there was a 14-day stretch where he plays, and, and then when they lose a playoff game, like, that does. Like, if, let's say, that a situation like that arises, it, it probably wouldn't be year one. Let's just say year two. He got to play a couple games because Rodgers gets hurt. He does well, and he looks like he's going to be good. Rodgers diminished a little bit, and then maybe they lose a playoff game or miss the playoffs. It, it, it takes situations to make decisions easier. Remember, so, like, when they made the decision on Rodgers, Favre had diminished. It was just like it was time. They, they had to make a contract decision on Rodgers. Like, you couldn't just – he wasn't going to – his rookie contract wasn't infinity years, right? You eventually just like, I want to see this motherfucker play. And Brett felt like he wanted to leave. If there was no, if the media and the fans didn't exist, and you just made whatever decision you wanted to make, and it didn't matter what anybody thought, it didn't matter what anybody said, three years later it wasn't going to come back and bite you in the form of a big SI piece about how Lafleur's getting fired because he mishandled Rodgers. If the fans and the media didn't exist, how many more years would Aaron Rodgers play quarterback for the Packers? 
I would say I think if the one. fans and the media didn't exist, I no, I, I think he would be a lock for one, and then it would just be, I think, who knows? I, Put it this the, way. The, if he played this year and had the same year he had last year, but they didn't go 13-3 and three because, you know, we think they're a lesser team. So he's not better. It, it, w- it would it would depend how the other guy looked, I think, though. What if he was really For shit? sure. Well, yeah. I mean, if if that's the other part of this, right? It's like you can't replace a guy if the guy you're going to replace him with is bad. They believed in Aaron Rodgers, so it forced their – right. It's they, If Aaron Rodgers was terrible, they would have just re-signed him at some free agent minimum. It wouldn't have mattered. Well, I was thinking about the when they did the draft that night and uh, Steve Young joined Mooch and Rich – after the first round on TV, or maybe it was the next day, and Mooch is like, what would you think when we drafted Drunken Miller? And he's like, well, after about two training camp practices, I knew I was fine. Yeah. I got good play. <laughs> you know, so there's, there is an element. Like, him, yes. he is independent in a tunnel of himself. But if, right? but, but good, yes, but if, if they felt like he was good enough to move on from Aaron, but they also knew Aaron was still a top 15 NFL quarterback, they pay him their... I don't think you move on from him if he's top five. I think if he's like... 12 to 15, it's easier to pull. But I trigger. think the other context here is do we have a good enough team to win a Super Bowl? This guy's going to cost us $25 million, but we don't really have enough else around him to win a championship. He's a pain in our butt. We want to move on and move on. This Jordan Love guy, we think he's not as good as Aaron today, but in three years, he can be, you know, a quarterback that wins playoff games, and we're ready to move on with that. We don't want to be in a situation where we were with Aaron, where all of a sudden he's one year away from free agency and now he becomes a starter. So I do think if there were no external pressures, I think this would be Aaron's last year in Green Bay, even if he's pretty good again. And, again, big caveat, Jordan Love, they think, if they believe he's the quarterback of the future, then they're thinking, what are we dragging our feet for? Let's just move on here as quickly as possible. You agree, though, let's say that was the case, and they have the same exact season they had last year. It's like 13-3, and Rodgers. Yeah, and the fans and the media do exist. Yeah, but I'm just saying, the, even in your scenario, but yeah. they have the same season. It, that would be hard. But again, maybe you walk away thinking, we we are 13 and three again. We weren't close in the NFC Championship game. We got our ass kicked. We are not good enough. Right, right now, with the fans of the media that are actually exist, his contract and everything that actually exists, is it fair to say the Haberman Middlecoff podcast thinks Jordan Love will be the starting quarterback for the Green Bay Packers probably 2022? Rodgers has two years left, right? Yeah. Does that feel right? Yeah, it does. It they're they're kind of c- contractually there. I, I think if his contract wasn't crazy, this might be his last year. Like, if you just said, like, well, you know, John, they get out of the deal after this year, I'd be can. like, I mean, trouble. his dead money, his dead money. Remember, it's still pretty big. Oh, oh I'm sorry. Know? Yeah, it's 17. It's 2023 like is when it's $3 million. Yeah, but I but I think you could probably figure some stuff out after two years. Well, could you, tra- I mean. Yeah, I, I I actually, could you trade a guy, though, that's 39 years old? Now, you'd say, well, Phillip Rivers had his worst season ever and got a one-year $25 million. So, yes, Rodgers would have a home. You know, Now, it might not be for – it might just be for a third-round pick or something, right? But it's – Aaron Rodgers Yeah, because you're taking our 17 – you are saving us a lot of money if you take him. I would say this, though. Depending on how good he is, I have a hard time thinking, like, Aaron Rodgers – like, you could just trade, like – Let's say the Jags need a quarterback. Aaron Rodgers could like he would have the juice. No, though. you wouldn't. Be, I will you not be able play to him to the Jags. No, <laughs> like it would have to be like the Rams, right, or a team that like he would be interested in, or whatever the situation with the Steelers, or just something that would. He would have the power to be like, yeah, I'm not showing. I won't play there. So it, it 
it's not like uh, just a situation where you can trade him anywhere. You would probably have to work with him. But I think he's acknowledged the elephant in the room is there. Like, he knows his time is finite. And, and LaFleur, I asked you before we started the podcast, LaFleur said today, I, basically the quote was, I envision Aaron Rodgers being the quarterback here for a long time. And I said, listen, I think every single human knows that's a lie. Packer fan, non-Packer fan. Like, could he have just said what he really thinks? That it's just like, listen, we obviously just took Jordan Love in the first round. Aaron's under contract for several years. He's still one of the best quarterbacks in the year. But this is the NFL. You draft best player available. We like Jordan Love a lot. I'm obviously a second-year coach. I'm interested in coaching this guy one day. Aaron Rodgers is an older quarterback. As long as he keeps playing well, he's going to be the quarterback. But if things diminish, we'll just be open. Or that That's probably a little too direct, but you know what I'm saying. Could he have, could he have said a more honest answer, or you just can't say an honest answer? It just... I don't think he can, and I also do think it's possible that he, like we're having this debate, how many more good years does he, he doesn't know for a fact that he's going to roll into camp and Aaron won't look phenomenal, or that Jordan Love will. If he, What happens if he says that and then Jordan Love is not ready to be the starter in two years, or is never the starter? Well, he's never seen Jordan Love throw a pass as in a uniform. So right, I, I, I just, I do think part of that is just the general dishonesty of the things that you say, and I think part of that is just a little bit of CYA of like, I mean, there is a chance that we need Aaron still in three years. Yeah. Now, and luckily we have him under contract. Yeah, you know, it's not like he's a free agent. So it's like if we want to keep him, he'll. If the Packers want to, he can retire a Packer, right? Yes, it is in their and power I, to I, make I, it happen. I, 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 here's where the pushback would be: if that's the case, they royally fucked up this pick, right? Because they could have taken a wide receiver to help him out. Like it was, it was pretty clear, like. Packers, no wide receivers. They're drafting the end of the first round. They're going to take a wide receiver. Even Rodgers like, you know, I knew the Arizona State guy was pretty good. The Higgins kid. Like, everyone kind of knew the wide receivers. Every single human that talks about football, football fan, that their team might have needed a wide receiver, last year could have listed about seven of them, right? It was like, it was one of the number one topics, I'd say, since you and I have been covering the draft. It was just one of those for a non, like, top five people. Everyone kind of knew the top five or six wide receivers. Rodgers knew them. And it was like, they kind of punted. And all the other teams, like, the teams they're trying to beat, the Niners, the Vikings, the Eagles, all were like, we want this guy, we want this guy. And then Rodgers like, we traded up. I was like, okay, here we go. And they take the fucking, that's the other thing. They traded up to get the quarterback. Right. There, there's something there, too. You traded up to get Jordan. Yeah, you don't, you, you didn't me, just he fell him to, uh, as a the value, value was incredible. Pick. You clearly really like him. Because that that is the pushback on Rodgers to Green Bay originally in 05. I think Ted Thompson would be like, under no circumstances did we ever think in a million years we were going to draft Aaron Rodgers. He was, let's just say hypothetically on their board, even if he was above Alex Smith, we had him the fourth best overall player on the board. He fell to us at 24. And then you factor in Brett always retiring. That's insane. Any team in the league takes Aaron Rodgers right, in that situation. Right. Now, if they had gone, I'd say Brett could have been mad if they went from 24 to, like, jumped up to 8 or something. That would have been nuts. But that is not what happened. Like, part of Aaron Rodgers' story is he got fucking fell to the 20s, you know? And Ted's like, yeah, just the guy fell to us. Part, this team part of the question, up. Yeah, and part of the question for the Packers is, did you have a receiver close on your board to Jordan Love's value? Or did you think every, other, every receiver on the board was just not a first-round pick, right? Well, don't you think it also factors in, like, Ayuk, for example. The Niners traded up to get him. They run the same exact scheme. They, I mean, they run this Kyle Shanahan offense. LaFleur runs Kyle Shanahan's offense. If Ayuk is sweet and Jordan Love, let's say, hypothetically sucks That's and the, the Packers right. 
you know, wide receivers like Devontae and me and you again, it's going to be, well, why didn't you just do the trade that the Niners did? Because they came farther than you. Like, you guys were ahead of them in the draft. They were at 31. You were at 29 or whatever. You could have just taken Brandon Ayuk, right? Well, that you know, you bring up an interesting point. Is there a world where Aaron sees something like that play out and creates a situation where he yes. where, they, where they have to yes. move on from him earlier than they want to? Yes. Right? Yes. And uh, for me to get that, I think their team would have to struggle a little bit. Aaron's still playing well. And maybe he sees love as solid. He's like, I just want out of here. But or maybe we've got a few then, things where he's playing well, but they're down 21 in the fourth, and here comes Jordan Love. Here, with, here, with would, be, here, would, be the, here would also be the trump card. Let's say it's clear that he knows they want him out and they want Jordan Love. Aaron could always kind of redo a deal like after this year to help them money-wise to make him more tradable right. to a team. Let's say, the Steel, let's, for example, the Steelers. Like Roethlisberger just shot this year. They need a quarterback. Their team's fucking good. He's just like, fucking get me out of here. And it's one of those LaFleur's like, yeah, we want him out of here anyway. That, that, that to me, that would be the chance. They rework the deal so the dead money's a lot different, something like that, right? Packers get to pretend like it's, hey, we wanted him around, but he was ready. He was, he was upset. He was difficult. Yeah. That would be the team I have would have circled. Rodgers, Steelers. That would look very weird. Years. But be very sweet. Yeah. The, the uh, CBS just raised their hand. They're all for it. <laughs> uh, John, before we move on, let's tell the people about Manscaped. Manscaped.com. I used it the other day. Code is ham. Code is ham. The other day. Some people on Twitter used thought it. I used it on my feet. 20% off and free shipping. Code ham at Manscaped.com. Have you ever used it on your feet? No. I have a couple stray hairs on my feet that I uh, actually, not a terrible idea. Uh, manscaped.com promo code ham lawnmower 3.0 guy it's usb charged you can use it in the shower i never have but you know it's one of its features it has that little light so you know if it's a little dim in your bathroom you can see uh it it's doesn't cut you yeah you avoid the accidental uh, nipple pierce oh my god that's that 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 can be pain and and nipples you know bleed the other you know the 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 scrotum also oh yeah prince edward accidental Yeah. (laughs) yeah i've got uh i have a couple war wounds from previous you know, uh, devices that are just not the lawnmower 3.0. It's just that simple, guy, right? It's like flip phones are not the iPhone. The lawnmower 3.0 isn't a little peanut that everyone used forever that you had to like hope you had an outlet. Then you wrap it around to the bathroom to try to, to try to trim. You know, sometimes the outlet's way out there. You like it doesn't quite reach, and you got to use like a you know a trash can. It, it can get you know you've got hairs everywhere. Lawnmower 3.0 cordless. Again, Manscaped.com. I, I love it when people send us videos about them ordering it and their excitement and that we got one recently with their girlfriend in the back she could care less but <laughs> the excitement of the guy was classic manscaped.com promo code promo code ham yeah. manscaped.com promo code ham that that was uh uh oh uh yeah that that was a big deal who was that, that i gotta that go fun. back sorry i it's, it's hard guys the DMs, so many they, they, we appreciate you guys blowing up our dms but god somebody who uh was it it was funny a lot uh, hey, hey, props to this guy. I, I forget the guy's name, but his his girlfriend looked smoke show. Good work there. Yeah, Hard. I mean, I, that's right. I mean, God, it's good work. More of those DMs. We appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, Manscaped.com. Promo code ham. Manscaped.com. Promo code ham. Uh, we're available for, you know, if, we, if you want us to help you make a video for uh, an engagement, you know, we're happy to do that. Uh, 20% off free shipping. Manscaped.com. Promo code ham. Trim your chesticles with the besticles. 
Should we join? If it's Cameo, good enough for just, Garoppolo, it's good enough for you. Should we join Cameo? And, and you know, some people charge like three hundred bucks. Just do like a dollar, five dollars. But then it's like you're do just whatever, getting asked nonstop to do stuff for a dollar. That, that is true. You're right. Maybe make it like somewhat affordable, so it's still like only twenty seconds, like ten bucks. Or we just do it ourselves. You know, if the price is right, we'll send you a video, and you just Venmo us the money, or you just take us to a golf course. Good point. <laughs> By the way, John, I just got a DM from uh, Matt at Pink Onion. He said the ham pod was off to a rocky start, literally, because there was a fire and then we had to close immediately. But it's starting to roll. Woo! Don't forget Pink Onion Pizza in the city, sausage, pepperoni, jalapeno. Tell Matt you said uh, you're a listener of the podcast and you don't get anything other than you're part of the community. Stay in our bubble. I like it. I like it. All right. Manscaped. Promo code ham there. Uh, You've been watching a lot of baseball? I've been watching a lot of baseball. I can't fathom that baseball's in trouble, even though every day there's a team with tests popping up because baseball's been very – baseball's been good. I don't think – I think the, the Yankees are going to go 59-1 and one if given the chance, even though they're losing 2-0 right now to the Red Sox. Well, how about the how about the, how about the six foot seven guy from Ripon, California? Four straight games with a home run. I, He's hitting bombs. I took a picture. I didn't post it because I was just – I don't know. Sometimes, you know, you're like, oh, this is going to be great, and you take a photo, and you say, ah, oh, fuck it. It was a full Aaron Judge. They had a yeah, shot of him. About, that's about 70% of my photos <laughs> I, or, or videos that I do for Twitter. That don't the work. other 70% is me rewinding the TV 20 times. And you just get annoyed so much by the audio that somebody else who's living here yells at me. They're like, enough already. Did you get it or not? <laughs> like, I watched TNT put my tweet up the other night on Inside the NBA. I watched that thing because I was trying to edit it. But I, it, you know, you heard the audio. You right, guy, like four hundred <laughs> times to the point that I, I definitely got yelled at. Like, what are you doing? I'm editing this video for the third time. You know what it speaks though, really quick on that. Haberman went viral. Is you didn't link at TNT or hashtag no, their deal, I, and they still found you. You know what? Their their social media. Their judge just went deep again. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> this guy. I mean, this guy. Would you say he's the clubhouse leader for MVP right now? Yeah. I mean, they're t- he just he looks five bombs, guys. He's hitting, John. It's game he's, seven. He's hitting, he's hitting moonshots. That, that ball was crushed. But the TNT guys, their social team, and you you know this. You've worked on different television shows and stuff. It's it is difficult to incorporate tweets, and I'd say the majority of shows that do it are just terrible at it. They are by far the best. It feels organic, and then they find it and they do it, and it just they're they do they link tweets that are good tweets, and your tweet was just perfect. And it legitimately, organically makes them chuckle or laugh, and then they just flow to the next thing. Their social Somebody media told guy me that Kevin is Hart the best laughs. in the business, and I. So I, I wasn't trying to get on TV. I, you know, I don't even think like that. <laughs> no, you didn't link them. I didn't tag them. I turn off the TV, go like take a shower, come back. My phone is blowing up. Everyone's like, "Oh my!" I didn't, I didn't even see it live. So then I started texting people, "Get me the video." You're saying Kevin Hart thought it was a funny joke. That's what uh, a couple of people told me, but well, because they were they were going to Kevin yeah, Hart, but I never <laughs> saw that part, so I don't I don't know. But if like if Kevin Hart laughed, that's the highlight of the whole thing. Yeah, that's a good, that was a good joke. Um, but well, anyway, the, the problem huh? is that the teams that are testing positive for Corona, I don't watch any of those. the Cardinals, I watch the Yankees, the I watch all the West teams. Yeah. I just I haven't seen those teams play, but these guys. What did you think? Sorry, just to finish one thought, let me close the thought. The video of Aaron Judge was him drinking a water bottle, which it looked like a mini water bottle in his hands. But anyway, gotcha. okay, that's all it was. Is that, you know that our, our buddy Vincent Recruity, who's a big donor, all, uh, olive oil guy in Fresno, 
reached out to Aaron Judge. He did like a fundraiser, and Aaron Judge swung by and came, and he's like hung out with them for the day last year, or it might have been this this winter, like after their season ended. And like I, I, maybe they had met before because Vince is a big Fresno State guy. Enzo Olive Oil. They sell it around the corner from me. Good stuff. It's it's legit olive oil. Is that Vince no support. was just like he couldn't, and, and you know Derek uh, Ray, our buddy that does recruiting up for Oregon State, knows him. They grew up together. I just don't think it can be overstated from everyone I hear that it just comes across him yeah. now, like that he's like legit famous. Just like God, he still kind of acts like he was at Fresno State. Like he's pretty normal. Yeah. That's where that video that went viral of his crazy girlfriend felt very un-Aaron Judge. You know who my boyfriend is? Also, when alcohol is involved, it's like all bets are off. Yeah, especially with girlfriends and moms and stuff. And you got to throw it out the terrified, way. Terrified, terrified, just, you know, terrified that it's all over. What What do you think of the move of the 20 guys or whatever for the Miami Marlins get corona? I, I, I think on a the serious move? note for the Miami Marlins, well, the move of the bus. We'll get into the bus here. Driving in into a hurricane? Uh, well, just just them bussing everybody home. Yeah, into is a hurricane. Kind of <laughs> but is that is what is that you're saying? Crazy? They should have gone private plane. I don't even know private plane, but just is that your, I don't is necessarily that know. They should have gone private jet. Well, no, I just this is the big leagues. You make the guys bus. Are you mad at them? Should the big leagues find them? Like I let's face it, Derek Jeter, the, the Miami Marlins. I was thinking about this yesterday when I was day drinking. And it started pretty early on Saturday. That's, I don't. I don't have ever have anything to do on Saturdays. I mean, it's just Saturdays during Corona when you can't go anywhere. Really, just drive you nuts. Is that I started thinking like the Miami Marlins of the most irrelevant teams and the teams that don't impact their league at all. Like even in the NFL, like your super shitty teams like the Browns, they always like or the Raiders like over the years always add a couple stories throughout the years. The Marlins. The Marlins couldn't be any more irrelevant. Wait, have you been talking and, this whole time? Yeah. Did you lose me? We, we froze like 45 seconds ago. <laughs> yeah, then you recall, recalled. I just kept recording. I just now connected with you. So Guy's back. He left, and now he's back. Can you can you still – did you keep recording? Yeah. So it's just podcast. What have uh, you been saying? Just talking about the Miami I Marlins being irrelevant. Did you know that I froze? <laughs> I didn't. I oh. just kept talking. I just, I, I had a great take. Leave this in the podcast. Okay, Guy fill me in on what you said. Just of, I, I was thinking about this the other day. I was day drinking on Saturday. And, it's the only way to you know, drink, infor- as far as I'm the, concerned. The, infor- the information about Miami was coming out about how they clearly, like, they created a lot of this, and it, they had gone out. I got, I got a, a text from somebody in the baseball world who heard from somebody else that there might have been a pre- Regular season Atlanta strip club, uh, uh bo- team bonding thing when they were in Atlanta playing the Braves with the whole squad. Well, I don't know, I don't know how many guys, but yeah, probably a lot of them. But I was just thinking, like, there are some teams in the NFL. Let's just go the last like decade. The Raiders had a run there, but when you're a shitty team in the NFL, you still like add three or four legit stories a year. Like a coach gets fired, a sweet player gets traded, the Browns or whatever. In basketball, you say the Knicks. Now, I mean, there are a couple, like the Orlando Magic or whatever you get rid of. But you'd say the Knicks are like the biggest train wreck, but they're still the Knicks and a huge cash cow. The Miami Marlins, you could make the argument they're the most irrelevant. Team. I, I, now I think about the Orlando Magic. Even though I think I've always Orlando said Magic it's the Magic. The last year. I, I say always. Yeah. Okay, let's, I've say, made let's, that. Say the Magic or Grant, let's say the Magic or grandfathered in. Would Miami be too? Like, why do people think that baseball is going to shut down 
for the Miami Marlins. Well, I, I, I think it's more no the concern that, like, is this going to pop up with so many? Right, because at one point heading into the weekend, 20% of the teams were down. <laughs> so it was the concern being, is this just going to – is it is what's happening this week? You're saying 20% of the teams had postponed a game. Yeah. 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 So I think that's the concern is like, is this going to happen on multiple teams and all at the same time? And then- but why, why are we postponing games for like a, a non-coach player getting like a traveling party member? I, I There were a couple of that I saw in games. Yeah, I think, we- well, I think you can't make the mistake the Marlins made, which is before you have negative tests back and tests are pending, go play a game. That's why. Because that's, that's when the Phillies get rel- shut down. Yeah. And so I think there was like a bit of an overcorrection just because it looks yes. so bad. I don't. Let's say we've got the next two weeks, or whatever happens with the Cardinals. But the next two weeks are pretty. And there were calm. there were reports. I saw someone reported that the Cardinals did something kind of weird. They went out and broke protocol. Yeah, I do think there's probably some guys out there that are just like, "Fuck it, whatever." You know, I'll get my money. But if they have to cancel the season, then I'm getting paid anyway. I think most guys want to play and are acting like they want to play. And guy, but, try to get their money. But right? all it takes if I was is owed all two million dollars. I'd want my two million dollars. All it takes is three guys, and then yeah. you get your multipliers the wrong direction. But I would imagine if they – I don't know. We don't know as the recording of this podcast what exactly the number with the Cardinals is. I would imagine if we get through, things calm down for a week, and then you have the situation like the Phillies had where you had two coaches or two non-players. You know, the the idea heading in was that wouldn't stop games. As, as long as you're getting negative test results in. Then Wasn't I think, that why you made 40-man rosters eligible? Yeah, I th- then I, I, but I think part of what created this – week is that if the the Marlin situation was so bad and clearly they did not part of it was a breakdown of their protocol right yeah or or that there was no protocol to handle the situation but yeah I just, I just think that the Marlins I, I I just can't take the I think the franchise is an absolute well, I'm with you game. but ultimately it's yeah. like it's it's a team no, they, you I, know y- yeah I mean if they keep infecting teams or whatever it can be a pro- for sure it can be a problem my, I guess my overall point was could you put them number two on the list behind the Magic? Feels like you you could pretty solidly feel pretty good. Well, about you, those uh, two well teams we know this, right? No NFL teams crossed off. Well, there's not an NFL like I'd say. I, mean, I, the, I don't think there's like an NFL like team the Rays and the A's 10. are in the playoffs every year, basically. So they're not in the picture, even though they have stadiums. You know, they got other fan base size situations, whatever that we talk about. But they're good, like they're they're good baseball teams. Yeah, Timberwolves. Um, I think last in attendance in the NBA. Uh, They'd probably be up there. They'd be up there. Yeah. I would put the Magic. I be- I think I tweeted that last year at some point, that the Magic were the most irrelevant. I know they've had moments, but they've had a really rough decade. And whenever I see a game on TV, which isn't often, often it's pretty empty, would be the Suns. I, I mean, honestly, I've yeah, been they to a do couple feel games. More maybe relevant, I'm biased though, on this. But what, what about the Kings? Like Devin Booker. I mean, the Kings feel like, the Kings. to me, they're always getting discussed, whether it's good or bad. Like, you're just talking about Vivek or Vlade or... Bagley, De'Aaron King, or whatever. They're not irrelevant, right, in that way. Yeah. So, no. I mean, I yeah, I think it's the Florida teams. <laughs> yeah, I do too. Which isn't shit, yeah. So. Well, it, yeah, just, they're just a disaster. What about Cespedes? Just for the rest of us? out. Just, he's, he's I just Again, this story I saw came out. He was frustrated with the team before he left. They went and checked his hotel room. He was gone. He just left. Brody left. used to be his Brody used to be his agent, I think, John. Brody was the one yeah. that negotiated his Mets contract for him, not for the Mets. The GM of the Mets. That was before he broke both ankles getting chased by a wild boy. Somebody said why they couldn't find him. Why didn't they go check out Cespedes Farms? 
<laughs> I mean, what, what a, a mess, man. Yeah, it's a it, baseball has been a little rockier than I thought. Just the daily stories. But it's also just, been the gameplay has been so much better than I anticipated. Not better. I, it's I've just I have been all in. I've been watching multiple games a day. But like you just watch the Yankees Red Sox. It is being played at Yankee Stadium. Yeah. You know, yeah. to me, there's something to be said. Like, that's where I give the NBA a lot of credit. And listen, I'm a, I'm hard on Adam Silver. They did a really, really good job on that arena. They did. Or however, I, I don't know if they have looks two awesome. or three of them. They, it looks fucking fantastic. But, like, and, and honestly, it might not have worked, right, if you had the Lakers playing at Staples Center with no fans. That actually might have looked well, way Well, maybe they would have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm guessing they would have made that work too, but I just I'm not saying it wouldn't have worked. I'm just saying I wonder if it would have looked weird because this doesn't look weird once you just know they're in a bubble. And like God, well, I saw a photo. I didn't. I saw a photo of a hockey game and they've got like big banners and they like they make the arena feel smaller by hanging. Oh, they're stuff. playing at arenas too. Yeah. Did you see the hockey three minutes into the first game? I mean, a legit bro. No. Two guys just throwing haymakers. I did not see that. <laughs> I mean, went at it crushed. I mean, honestly, as, blood. as good of a hockey fight as you'll see. A lot of blood. Gloves down. Just, well, they were missing, connecting, but the guys wouldn't go down. It was, uh, it, it was a brawl. There was a video that went around on Twitter Sunday. People should, it's like, uh, it's, it's a film of, uh, of St- uh, Sly Stallone and the other guy from uh Schwarzenegger no 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 whoever the name of the actor that he boxes against in the Rocky movies that's his Apollo Apollo Creed Creed. it's video of them practicing and like doing the choreography like all right now left right and I'm gonna grab I'm gonna fall back and I'm gonna grab the the uh ropes and you're saying like raw footage yeah it's like late 70s yeah yeah from their rehearsal it's pretty cool wow the way that, like, he'll just go left, right. He'll go, yeah, left, right. And he'll boom, boom. And, like, you'll see Sloan will just throw his body and his head back. It's really good video. Go find it on Twitter Sunday. I, I'm, I'm going to check that out. What do you think about uh, college football, John? Pac-12 football, we are united. Um, I'll tell you I'll tell you about their list of demands. A couple things that I think we don't have to spend much time on this. But there's a, I just some basic thoughts, okay? For those of you that didn't follow it, if you did, college football about to change, whatever. Um, they want NIL right now. The reason we don't have name, image. Did you say what I think some people want? Because you said NIL. So, I had to Google it, and then I obviously know what it is. So but. name, image, and likeness. It's what Ed O'Bannon was fighting for for a long time. The ability to make money off of yourself, even if you're not getting paid by the college, it allows you to go out and get, do whatever. Make money off your YouTube channel, do a sponsorship. Tre- Trevor, with- Trevor Lawrence couldn't do a Trevor Lawrence podcast and advertise yeah, exactly. on it, right? Yeah, exactly. Perfect. Right. So it allows you to do that right now. It's Which is kind of stupid. The more you think about it, like who cares? Let it, if they let them do it, let them do it. Right. They want to control the flow of money. And so even though the NCAA clearly is going the direction of allowing this to happen in the coming years, maybe as soon as next year, right now they're running it through the government because if the government can be the one that creates the laws that says, this is how much you can make, this is how much uh, you can truly benefit. Then the NCAA can say, so the NCAA is doing a lot of lobbying right now. In, in You're saying trying to get them to like cap the number at 50 yeah, grand like or let, something? Yeah, make it federal rules, and then the NCAA can say this is our hands are. Why would the government rules. even get involved in that? Because the NCAA lobbying them to? I, I, public institutions, perhaps? But I'm saying you're right. So that was, I saw Jay Billis retweeted like, this is disgusting, and it was a picture of Emirate about lobbying for the NCAA. So he's pushing 
to get caps on numbers, basically. Yeah. So they're basically acknowledging this is inevitable, but we don't want it just to be open-ended. You can do whatever you want. They, they want to control it through the government, mm-hmm, basically. Mm-hmm. So they that's why that actually makes sense why Jay is mad. They're actually it's not truly a free market. Still. It's no. a fake free market. That, and so I do th- I think that's bullshit. Why yeah. why are they so obsessed with this guy? I don't get why well, Mark Emmerich and the NCAA I mean, is. They're what they their concern is it's going to cost them money on the most basic level that advertisers let's say uh you're not you're not going to get 100% of the advertising dollar you used to get you might get 80% and 20% of that is going to get redirected to, to Trevor Lawrence's podcast. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so which I think we both agree I think they're overstating I the do money. think they are. I think two things are happening. I think Athletes are overstating how much they're going to make, and I think the institutions have been overstating how much they're going to lose. Yes, um, I would agree. Now, I also think the, pa- people the power are of the institution is the is the brand of the school. For sure. Now, I do think people are also it's different advertisers. Like, I do think if you are advertising with a school, your your target audience is different than the person who's advertising with uh, an eighteen year old athlete. Like, you're you're a mortgage company. That's advertising with the football program, right? You're an insurance company. You're a Ford dealership. These, it'd be, it'd be like their demo is not nineteen-year-olds. Yeah, you're right. Like the demo for Trevor Lawrence's Instagram uh, promoted post. Yeah, but I also think even though we're the athletes, maybe are overestimating how much money will be made. I do think we are it'd underestimating like, how many of them will make money. I do think a lot of them can make money just doing YouTube channels, doing whatever stuff like that. Instagram. Trevor Lawrence, like get. Peep this, my new Range Rover. And like 90% of his followers like don't even yeah. have a job. Promo code <laughs> TREV <laughs> for free. To get $1,000 yeah. off anything over $90,000. What's, what's the coding that everyone always jokes is, is after coding or whatever the thing that everyone always makes fun of is, is bullshit. Yeah, um, I mean, give me a Free windshield riper replacement every six months for the first two years. Yeah. Free oil changes on your second Mercedes purchase. Yeah. <laughs> Now he'll do a signing, right? He'll do a signing at the Mercedes dealership. Cool, but that's just someone wants to get Trevor Lawrence on campus. Um, but anyway, I, I do think a lot of people will be able to make money off it. So I think one thing they could do is say, "Look, well, we looked at Michael Pittman, and you, he was one of the guys when we started a YouTube channel. You're like, you got to check this out. And he actually does a really good YouTube channel. Him and his girlfriend. And yeah. clearly, he was not allowed to check. Now I think he really blew up once he got drafted. He did. But so let's he was just at say like he seventy or eighty thousand subscribers year before he got drafted. So during the season, he could not have got checks from YouTube, right, for advertising on his YouTube channel, despite right. having a very, very solid audience and subscribers on his YouTube. He would have made thousands of dollars, which for Michael Pittman, just on the side, five thousand a month, right, would have been solid. He couldn't, which is stupid. Yeah. So I think that'll and change. And you've always said one, that you think that the majority of shit is going to be stuff like that. And I think the NCAA doesn't even understand that. I don't think they that. even recognize if they tried to cap somebody's money, they don't understand that this is not like most deals they do where somebody says, here's $5,000 in exchange for advertising. On YouTube, they just keep paying you as long as ads keep running on your video. That's yeah. the beauty of it. So you couldn't cap somebody's number because that their video is just going to keep making money. Um, so... I think some one thing that they you could do. Now, here's the thing. These are not Pac-12 issues. Like, the Pac-12 just can't go, NIL, all good. Like, the, it's an NCAA issue. But I do think something the NCAA could do is say, you know what? Fine. We're going to let you guys just make your money. It's important to us to have a season. Now, but the, Pac, the, the Pac-12 players asked for the NIL, though. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, like, they're going to need the SEC players and the Big 12 players because yeah. it has to be an NCAA. The other thing is 
they want 50% of they want every sport to get 50% of the revenue gets distributed to the athletes of that sport. That doesn't make a lot of sense. Two reasons. One, 50% of the revenue is different than 50% of the profits, right? That's just a basic nuance that's kind of important. Most sports don't make any money. So there's there's no revenue to distribute. There's no 50% of the volleyball team's revenue from the conference to distribute. Um, okay, football and basketball generate all the revenue. This is not a business model that you would like really <laughs> – choose to operate it doesn't it doesn't a lot of it doesn't make sense doesn't make any sense they want university endowments to make up some of the money again doesn't work like that stanford's endowment you know i think we've talked about this is 28 billion dollars only five percent of that got spent last year and that accounted for 20 percent of the university's expenses so there's 28 billion dollars sitting there at stanford that is mostly earmarked for other stuff it's not earmarked for the football team Right. Well, well, why do these athletes think the endowment has anything to do with athletics? But I think most like people the, don't understand that the endowment doesn't have anything to do with it. But, but, but a guy, I see people in the media, and I, I'll be honest, I don't quite understand. I don't know what our endowment is at Cal Poly, but it's pretty easy to figure out. Like a lot of this money that gets donated from the Bill Gates, the Warren Buffett's types, it's why when you do have a Phil Knight or T Boone Pickens, they become so famous because they basically just pay for everything in the athletic department. A lot of famous people just give money to the school. That is the school, whether it's buildings, whether it's teachers. It has nothing to do with sports. A big part of anyone that's been to school understands that the academics, which is the majority of the school, often push backs on athletics thinking they're getting screwed. That money is not for the fucking rowing team. And one thing the Pac-12 players wrote was like, that endowment should take care of the non-revenue sports. Like, What are you guys talking about? No. It's outrageous. Well, they, like, like one thing, they, if, like I remember when they, they, I think they think that that twenty seven, a huge portion of that has been built up through like football money. I, I think maybe I, yeah, I, you're I right. Maybe imagine. they do think that. I think a lot of people in sports media that just are really woke and think that that's kind of just that mo- they just think it's sport money. And I think it the majority maybe, of that money has had that nothing truly, to do with. There's money. a difference between people who just have takes and work in the media and people that cover yeah. I'm, college I'm not talking football. about Bruce Feldman not knowing. So those Pete people, Dan, I'm not talking. They know. I'm talking about the fucking ESPN. Yeah, a lot so of many, people that cover pro sports. A lot of people no have a lot of clue. Now, here's the, th- here's the problem. A couple other things real quick, and then I'll... The, the main problem is that they the reason you ask for things like 50% is because you do see, like, it's one thing when the high-end coaches make a lot of money, but when every coach is making a couple million bucks to be the head coach and several hundred thousand dollars to be position coaches or whatever... It's the money has gotten so big that it's impossible to ignore how big it's gotten, right? So when we say, well, you don't make money, it's like, well, yeah, you're not profitable. The athletes rightly counter with, well, that's because your wide receiver coach makes $550,000. Maybe the wide receiver coach could make three fifty, dollars and we get some of the money. Maybe the head football coach at a football program that doesn't even make money shouldn't be making $2.5 million, right? So I do think that's the contracts have gotten so massive that that's where you go, wait a second. Okay. It was, I didn't say anything when coach was making eight fifty, and I didn't say anything when the highest paid coach was making three, but now the highest paid coaches are making 10 and my coach at this school where we go seven and five is making two and a half. So that's where I do get it. Where somebody says, look, I don't care about all the fucking minutia. All I know is there's enough money for the head football coach at a program that nobody cares about to make $2 million. So we got to be able to rework this thing somehow. Fine. But you're not getting 50% rev share, A. B, it's not happening by September 7th. Now, I do think you could do NIL right now. 
I think the Harbaugh rule, John, which is basically the one thing, the Harbaugh rule, but where you can go undrafted and come back to school. I love that. I like it too. And also think about this. How many guys are really going to do that? Because you have to stay academically eligible to come back if you go undrafted. And then the insurance for six years. I think that's an easy one. I mean, that is going to cost money. But I think you can build that in, insurance for six years after college. Okay. Like, I, I do think it's reasonable to ask for a lot of stuff. Splitting revenues for the soccer team, it's just that, that just doesn't work. And I, I do I think, think the, big- the end here, the end game here is that Power 5 football becomes its own thing and doesn't fund soccer anymore, and everybody makes money that's involved in it, and it's just its own little machine. And, you know, and then what happens? The Olympic sport, there's not 22 other sports at your institution. What I don't think the football players understand, and I 100% support them in the sense of they carry the athletic department, whether you're at Fresno State or whether you're at Alabama. The numbers grow, but the importance of the program does not. They carry everyone. That if I'm the middle linebacker at USC and I'm dating the the some hot chick on the volleyball team, I'm paying for not just her scholarship, her coaching staff, all their travel. I don't think they grasp the way it works because the football revenue, which they want, literally goes to everyone. It, it keeps everyone afloat. Like And like you say, no other business. If you and I had three other endeavors on top of Haberman and Middlecoff, and Haberman and Middlecoff was the only one making money, and we used the revenue we were making here to, to – subsidized the other ones in hopes that it would turn around or whatever. It was good for us or we liked it. But it got to a point where, like it is in college athletics, it just loses money. It doesn't give us anything. And it's just like, we would stop doing that. And like most businesses, the moment you get different entities, it's usually like whenever you hear a story, it was like, yeah, so-and-so employee had juice. He was part of the, the project that was making all the money. So-and-so, his project was losing money. It got cut. Right. Well, the college, college athletics is like one of the one American businesses that makes huge cash that subsidizes the majority like, of all these coaches. I, what do you think like, the average soccer coach, men's and women's soccer coach, makes in the Pac-12? Would you say six figures? Uh, yeah. The head coach? Yeah, the head coach. Would you say there are some soccer coaches in the Pac-12 or just definitely the country that are make 200-plus grand? Like in North Carolina or something? Yeah, there's got to be some. Like under in no well, other I would job. imagine those are long-tenured yeah. people. But I, I would imagine that, that that program, even though they win, I think I, North Carolina women have always been really good. They always win. I, I can't imagine that program makes any money. If anything, they're definitely in the red with travel, the scholarships, the coaches. Yeah. In any other John, business, plenty of basketball fi- programs don't make money. Now, yeah. par- again, part of this is you don't make money because one of your expenses is your million-dollar coach, but nonetheless. Yeah. But your hope is if you, you ever have a big season, it can be very profitable, right? You get to the NCAA tournament. Yeah. Like, your hope yep. is there is no hope in men's or women's soccer you can make money. You can win the national championship. It's always a red, right? You win the national championship in football, fucking everyone's getting raises in the building, <laughs> And th- that's where I, I think these kids can't grasp. And I, I didn't understand it till I worked at Fresno State. And I told someone this the other day. Is that the craziest part about Fresno State, when I got hired there, I assumed renegade program, football comes first, get whatever they want. That's what I assumed when I got the job. I, and you already knew because you had been around it. Once I get there, it was actually the opposite. They had to fight for everything. They had lost some lawsuits. They had a softball coach at the time. Guy, this was 2008. Margie Wright was the softball coach at the time, right? Mm-hmm. 
she was making, I think, $450,000. Now, part of this was a lawsuit, a Title IX thing. $450,000, I'm pretty sure the number was. What Does that sound familiar? But that was not a result of a lawsuit. I mean, there had been a Title IX lawsuit. Well, I mean, she... I. There had been a Title IX lawsuit that was one of the biggest Title IX lawsuits in NCAA history from the women's basketball program. I don't know what her number was, so I'll take your word for it. You were working in the department at the time. But it was, you knew it was really Yeah, I mean, she had won a national, she'd been there for a long time, had made every NCAA tournament, had won a national championship, so that doesn't surprise me. But that me program just based makes on, no money. But it's just based on rate, yeah, I mean, just. Yeah, it was crazy. It was, it was, it was talked about in the, in the department, like, this is insane. And if our players wanted something, they had to get it. And they had... They had created a program out of nowhere. Now, Romanowski's daughter ended up playing there in the lacrosse. Right when I got there, they just created a lacrosse program because they had to balance Title IX out. And what did lacrosse, I remember the first year they were there, they didn't win a game, I think. One of their first tournaments was in, like, Maryland. And I'll never forget Coach Hill be like, this is insane. We're fucking sending these. It's really expensive because even if you fly economy or whatever, do the math. You got five coaches. You got 20 girls. You got to fucking take all their equipment. You get they got to eat when they're there. You know? But that's historically like, been intercollegiate sports. Before football was making a lot of money, that's the way it worked. It wasn't a yeah. for-profit business, right? And now the, the – tele- But that's where I really, say the money's gotten – Why is it for-profit now? Because of television. And it's gotten massive. But television for yeah, football. Yeah, yeah, I'm just saying and, it's and gotten so big that you can't ignore – you can't say this is – well, this is not what it's supposed to be about. Well, this is not – it's the world. It's changed. I just don't think I, – I don't think there's an easy solution – Without wiping out women's sports, unless well, not just women's sports, say, John. Every all sports, yeah, it, it got, got men's soccer, men's baseball would be in trouble. They'd all be in trouble. Men's basketball, men's football would be the only thing safe, and the only reason men's basketball at a lot of places is the hope of getting that NCAA tournament money. And there's just you know your your TV contracts for basketball are big. The distributions are big. You you know you've got yeah, conference tournaments, or that's a big deal. Your your uh, the conference tournaments are a big deal, right? Um. So I, I do think that, yeah. It's a complicated situation. It, uh, which I, they're I, not getting this stuff. They're not getting 50-50 rev shares. And they're certainly not getting it in the next month. I think they could get, I think you could fire up NIL right now. Would you be shocked if the Pac-12 players stick together and do not play? I, if every other conference is playing? Uh, yeah, I'll be surprised if they don't play football because of this. Now, if you don't play football because of co- that's a different animal. Yeah, yeah, no. But I'm talking just this. If everyone starts playing, I think the other challenge camps, here is, and I was DMing with somebody at one of the programs who just said it's it's hard because you, we'd love to be able to sit down with our players right now and talk to them about this. But not everybody in California, you can't right now, right? Now, Monday is the first date that you can start workouts. Man, quote unquote mandatory workouts. I don't know how many programs are starting. But on technically, Monday. now week one is not week one, right? Because they don't play till the end of September, so they got a little time on their yeah, side. Yeah, their first padded practices are August seventeenth, I think. Technic, but well, maybe. I mean, that's to start yeah. your twenty-five practices, maybe. But the end of you'd September. even say that that date of week the week one. Why is USC and UCLA playing week one? Because the first two weeks of the Pac-12 football schedule are like the first four weeks of the NFL schedule that are collapsible. In other words. The team you play week one and week two, those teams have the same bye week as you. And so it's easy to reschedule rivalry games in particular. Like it's easy to reschedule UCLA and USC. Odds are they'll be in the same boat. They're in the same state. Arizona, and particularly because they're quote-unquote hotspot states, Arizona and California. Now, I don't know why Cal and Stanford don't fall into that boat. They're not playing each other the first two weeks. Oregon, Oregon State week one? No, 
Stanford and Cal are playing two teams in not road games in non-hot spots. So I think one of them plays at Oregon State early. One of them plays. Yeah, Stanford, Stanford plays Washington game one. Yeah, so that's the idea is like, okay, let's take a California team, move them out of the state. Maybe that game gets played. If the second game, their home game has to get delayed, we can move that to the bye week. Because again, you're so that's why you're seeing that. It's, How weird is that going to be if they actually do play that game? USC UCLA first game. I don't be. I mean that and the Arizona Arizona State game are week one. So that's the you, idea there. On, on a legit football topic, I somehow I stumbled on this YouTube like is Chip Kelly a failure? You don't think Chip Kelly's coaching for his job this year? No. Like if he, I if do he, not. Between COVID, so you, new AD, I'd be now. Do the boosters go? You know, we it's it does is is it a bad year? Because you're arguing. Here's the other thing, John. People forget this. Not they know it, but you don't realize how many one loss. I mean, one win, zero win. Are we going to have a bunch of? We're going to have a bunch of one win teams, right? Because you don't have any non conference games. You're not playing an FCS opponent. You're not going to have three win teams. Oh, you're saying the teams that win like four or five yeah, games I'm actually like, only win. Arizona's going to be favored in one game. Looking at their schedule, how many games US UCLA going to be favored in? Not now many. They're, now they have been just more competitive, but yeah, it's true. You're right. Arizona could be. You're saying they could be really bad. Yeah, I mean UCLA. They got uh, like Wazoo at home. They'll be favored in that game. That's a good point. Like Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt when they go four and eight, and three of their wins are non-conference patsies. Like there's a chance a Vanderbilt, an Arizona has a winless season. Right? That's not out of the realm yeah. of possibility because they were going to be that good anyway. They were going to win three or four games, and those three. At least like two lock wins don't appear. I just wonder too, like the booster payoff. How many of their their big businesses? A little complicated. Are they less likely to give buyout money this year? That that's that's like a got a Bruce Feldman article written all over. This company got a federal buyout and they used it on one Maserati and to buy out a football coach. (laughs) (laughs) Guy, I actually think it is a one hundred percent lock that there is a story in two thousand twenty one about a PPP loan or one of those loans from the government, money was allocated from a company to buy out a coach yeah. in a Power 5 yeah, program. Yeah. <laughs> a payment was made to a university and a coach was relieved of his duties on a buyout. <laughs> that, that, to me, is kind of what the players are arguing. Even though that, that money has nothing to do with them. you know. But they act like it's all part of the pot, which I get. It's, it's become a convoluted situation where I will support them in this, even though I don't, I don't even have the energy to like the Title Nine, like whatever. It is they are carrying. Here's they're a little misguided on this. You guys should be mad. You're carrying the athletic program. Beside also, and that's where they screwed. say it's like, wait a second. And that's where I get like, wait, why are all these administrators making? It's one thing when you're like, oh, that person works here. I'm not sure what they do. But I think it's hard for them to want to crush like the the women's soccer team. Like non revenue sports got to be out because they're dating some of those girls, right? They're hanging. Those are their I also friends. Feel, I think they feel like we're here for the greater good. We are doing something that will be that that people who come after us. We want to do something that you know. I, there's just a lot of effort right now being put into social change and a lot of good social change and for good reason. I think they. I think that's. I think they're inspired by that too, right? Like if you read their document or their demands list, a lot of it is about racial inequality. So they. I yeah. think they've got. A lot of good intentions. I and I think a lot of this stuff is doable and is and, and is doable now. Fifty fifty rev share is not one of those things, though. I think most everything. Not I think close. a lot of other stuff is an easy yes. Uh, okay, restaurant time. Yeah, go. Quick. Before I get you to the latest restaurant update for Matt, I said how many 
the ham pod pizzas have sold. He said since the reopen, which was what, two days ago? About yeah. 20-ish, which is pretty good considering new items usually take a, a few weeks to get traction because people are locked into their favorite pizzas already. Oh, my God. We're moving some product. Like Gus Damn. Fring or Fringe or whatever the guy's name from El Pollo. It's not Romanos. like it's like me and you buying like seven on the side. I haven't. No, I haven't had yet. one. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you to everybody supporting Pink Onion. All right, here we go. Um, DM us on Instagram. Your favorite restaurant, place to support. We love supporting local. I'm supporting local Thai tonight, in fact, John. Uh, okay, here we go. Scott, Scott Buckley on Instagram says, Hey, Behaves loves the pod. Was my main source of various sports commentary when I was living in Boston between 16 and 19. I was grateful for it. Wanted to give a shout out to Norm's Place in Danville. It's an amazing bar and grill that is outdoor seating right now and takeout, killer beer list, uh, amazing elevated sports bar food. Norm's Place in Danville. Their wings, they make a mango buffalo sauce in the house that Jay Middle may even like. The spicy chicken wrap sounds run-of-the-mill, but it's actually wrapped in their pizza dough, which they cook on the grill and is insanely good. Wow. They also make an ahi tuna and avocado roll that's wrapped in an egg roll that's flash fried, so you get crispy on the outside, rare ahi on the inside. The owner, Justin Walsh, is an amazing guy who grew up in Danville and gives back to the community. I worked there during my college summers. He puts his employees above everything. He deserves the ham bump. So Justin Walsh, Scott Buckley wants to send everybody listening to this podcast your way. Norm's Place, Danville. Norm's Place, Danville. Go support it. How about that? That's a good write-up right there. Scott Buckley is setting the standard for write-ups. No, that's that's good detail. I like when you give me a a restaurant, and my guy did, again, I couldn't find your DM. Double down, resend to me and guy. Probably the safest way. I love a good detail of an item, right? Yes. I think it's got a little mango sauce, or they, they do this special thing where they wrap it in dough. I'm like, whoa, I, I, that catches my attention, right? When you give me an item and give me details of the item with their food. Absolutely. So, you know, there you go. Do that. Norm's Place, Danville. Go get the ham pod pizza from Pink Onion. Ask for Matt. You don't get anything out of it other than, you know, supporting the local community. Well, you get a great pizza out of it, is what you get. So, yeah. So do it. All right. On that note, I get pizza tonight. Peace. Later. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medella is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medella is your reward. Medella, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.